Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It ain't easy now. How could I move forward when I keep looking backward? I'm just standing still. How can I fight this obsession? Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Preview. I'm senior editor Jeff Hartman. The music is still playing. That's okay. <laughs> Brian Davis, the podcast producer, is here. What's up, Brian? You know what? I messed this whole thing up. People are messaging me. When I'm trying to click on stuff, and then I got to get that message out of there because I can't click, and you guys are in the bottom going, come on, and I'm messing things up. Backyard brawl, I think I need to get beaten up a little bit. I'm getting beaten up now. So. All right, Dave Schofield, what's up? How's it going? Oh, I, I'm, I guess I'm still alive after this flurry of, uh, I don't know, about the last 60 hours or so. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. So. Well, let's let's talk about the the latest flurry of activity. The Steelers refuse to just give us 16 names. And even if they change those names, they are literally doing it in phases in terms of the practice squad is what we're talking about. The Steelers did eight. That's half. Then today, Thursday, they did three. And they also had corresponding players go to injured reserve. And then they signed two players to fill those roster spots on the 53-man roster. Let's talk about the IR designations first. And then we'll talk about the practice squad and another roster move, which was also made on Thursday. So we have some news to get out of the way first. But first, Demonte KZ and Calvin Austin the third go to IR. Brian, what were your thoughts? I've got two words, but I'm going to use three. Not that surprising. Okay. But in terms of we knew KZ, but what about Calvin Austin? I mean, th- there were there was talk that he was on the mend. This this obviously means he's gonna miss at least the first four games. Not surprising, and here's why. Because if he was enough on the mend, then he plays in Acrisure against the Detroit Lions on Sunday. And that meant to me that Tomlin wasn't ready to give him a go. That meant to me that that decision was made on Saturday before that game. So, I mean, I knew then in my heart 
into my head that that's what they're going to do. That's it was very predictable. When I did not see him active for that game, I'm thinking there's no way. All right, Dave, what were your thoughts when we saw the two IR designations? Yeah, when you saw the two IR designations, I'm not surprised. I thought it could have been more. Uh, we didn't see Derek Watt at all in the preseason. I didn't know if something was with him, if he was going to end up on IR. Uh, I thought CA3 was a possibility all along. Even though he said he was fine to play, even if he was and they knew they weren't going to use him early in the season, they had the excuse of the injury to then keep him there. Or maybe he just wasn't up to their standards. I, I don't know. That's that's tough. We we knew the KZ thing was coming. It was reported. Then, then it, you almost started to doubt it because they said, hey, he could be back for week four. And I'm like – do you not put him on IR because of one game that he could be back for? Because if not, he could be back as early as week five. I didn't think that was going to be worth it. So I'm not surprised by those two. The To me, the bigger surprise was that Montrevious Adams didn't have to go on IR. Great point. That's a great point. And that's that's a player that a lot of us predicted would be on IR. And he returned to practice, though. But as Dave said, I think it might have been on the Scobro show or maybe it was the show that you did with Brian uh, when they did the 53-man roster uh, release, the initial roster release. I, I kind of viewed it the same way you all did, which was maybe it was just him testing it out. Let's see how it feels before we have to make that call. Seems like he should be good to go. I thought when the Steelers kept seven wide receivers that – one of them's going to go on IR, and Calvin Austin was the only one that was that hurt. Deontay Johnson had his shoulder, but I don't think he's that bad. So still, the two IR designations means they're going to miss the first four weeks minimum. They could miss more. We know Stefan Tuit last year missed the entire season on injured reserve, but four games is the minimum before they come back. Now, Dave, correct me if I'm wrong. There is a cap. There is a limit on how many players can return in a season. Is there not? This year there is. Yeah. There's a cap of the number of times you can use the designated to return um status. You yeah. do not remember years ago you, when you put a guy on IR, you had to designate him then if he was going right. to re, to possibly return or not. That's not the case anymore. They don't have to designate him to return until they return. But they can have 8. That's but the thing that changed this year is that because it's only four games, you can have someone who went on, on IR and missed the first four games, and then they come back. If they need to go on IR again, they can come back again after four games. Mm. That wasn't the case before. If you went on IR for a second time, you were done. Now you could still come back, but it would cost a second IR right. designated to return. It would be one more of the eight. Brian, what, yes. what are you thinking? In a weird way, this kind of works out for both parties when it comes to Calvin Austin the third. And the reason I'm saying that is because if he wasn't ready and he needed a heel and he gets off to a very slow start, the Dree Archer comparisons start coming out. The B word starts coming out. This way, you have an opportunity to be a little bit more like a bonus surprise after the first quarter or so of the season. Kind of like one you know him, number 10, not Martavius, but Martavis Bryant back in 2014. So, you know, for the Steelers, they have a very good, I mean, gosh, they've got a great stable 
on paper right now and it looks like it could be fantastic so you don't run into the the problem that you had in 2010 when you had two draft picks that were wide receivers and one of them antonio brown got lost in the shuffle for a major part of that season at wide receiver this kind of means that calvin austin doesn't get lost in the shuffle he gets a chance to come in after some dust starts settling guys I, the only thing that scares me about Calvin Austin III, if, if everyone's healthy, then I have I agree with you 100%. But let's say Deontay Johnson gets hurt and Steven Sims isn't getting the job done. Everyone's going to look at Calvin Austin and be like, okay, week five, he's coming off IR. He's going to be the difference maker. That's a lot on that guy's shoulders. If everyone stays healthy, I agree. I think it's going to be a, a, just a nice little bonus. Dave, you brought up the old school way of the, the old school – uh, injured and they returned. They had to designate it right away. That what does that remind me of? Every time someone brings it up, when Marquise Pouncey broke his leg and yep. they put him on that list, that he was the designated player to return. Come to find out, and Mike Tomlin never said a word about what was going on. Just he's not ready. He's not ready. That was when he had all those skin infections. Almost yeah. lost his leg. Uh, that that's something that just pops into my head when I think about all those old rules that they used to have. Uh, so there you go. All right, now those happen. The Steelers have two roster spots, so they bring back Marcus Allen and also Trent Scott, the offensive lineman. Does that move the needle for you at all, Brian? No, not <laughs> whatsoever, really. I mean, it's look, I'm glad Marcus Allen has a job. Marcus Allen does some stuff on special teams, but Marcus Allen hasn't done much special. He's another body that fills out the 53 man roster. And to me, he becomes an LJ Fort or a Steven Johnson. And the reason I'm bringing up those guys is back in, whether it was 17 or 18 or whenever those two were going back and forth, it seemed that they were on the practice squad five or six times each, and they kept bouncing back and forth. And I really think that now he's that guy that the Steelers, he's, he's another Trey Edmonds now for the Steelers, where you can just, all right, we're going to drop him, but we know we can bring him back. We feel we're safe to bring him back. He's now that transition guy between the practice squad and the 53-man roster, but he's not, no, not really going to compete for a starting job. And he can, at this point, he could probably hurt you a little more than help you, but you need 53 men on that roster. Dave, what about you thoughts on who they decided to bring back and add to the 53? Well, with Trent Scott, I wasn't surprised there. He's, I mean, he's got experience. He played for Pat Meyer. Um, it's not, it's not that he stood out as being great, but it's not like he stood out as being the weakest link on the line. But right now with the way the line's going, that's not really what you want to hear. Um, but I, I'm not surprised. And, and, and to me, you want to have nine because if one guy's injured, you still can have enough linemen to fill up your roster on game day because if if two guys are injured, then you've got to use your two spots for offensive linemen because you're in order to to have the uh, forty eight players dressed, you have to have eight offensive linemen. So that's why carrying nine is smart. Um, whether it was him, it didn't matter. Marcus Allen, my thing is with him, he didn't play in the preseason, so. It's kind of they're going off what he's done in the past. To me, he's a guy that if you have to make a move or something else, that he's probably the most expendable 
obviously that was why he was off the team and then coming back. What I think will be really interesting with him is ultimately going to be a salary. Um, very curious to how that's going to work out because he was he was at two point five four million um, as a as an original round tender as a restricted free agent, and then he was released. So that's not his same contract. What contract did they bring him back at? So that'll be interesting. And so then after that, the Steelers actually in the same transaction uh, article, if you want to put it that way, the Steelers also signed three new players to their practice squad, bringing their total to eleven. They had defensive back Mark Gilbert. If you're sitting there thinking that name sounds familiar, he was actually with the Steelers last year until he was poached off the practice squad and signed to the Detroit Lions active roster. Linebacker, is it Chappelle Russell? No clue. And tight end Justin Rigg. Uh, Brian, I know you were excited about Gilbert. What else? What else are you thinking? Oh, I'm definitely excited about Gilbert because the other day when I saw him with the Lions, I was like, man. I would have loved to have seen them keep him. And I also got to see him live last year when they played Detroit. I, I think he's a tough player. And if he's healthy, he could be a good guy on the back end of that roster. Um, do I know anything about Chappelle? Dave Chappelle, maybe, but Chappelle <laughs> Russell, no. And uh, I, I really don't know too much about these guys ex- except for what everybody's reading and what Dave and Jeff are putting out there. And it's uh it's something that that uh, remains to be seen. So I'm not sure on, on the tight end with Rig, you know, there's a name missing. And if if he's there, I just don't with all the flurry of action, I'm not sure. So I'm going to ask the question. I'm sorry I'm not prepared for this. What's up with Kevin Rader? I don't know. I haven't seen any report of him um, checking in or visiting anywhere. So that kind of surprised me too, because you can keep veterans on the practice squad now. And I thought he would be a viable option for him there, but here we have well, rig and there's some quiet excitement about this guy from the Bengals. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not sure how many years Raiders been on the practice squad. That's what I'm trying to remember how long he's been in the NFL, because it is back to the rules of, you know, you have to be practice squad eligible for 10 of the 16. So you only have six. If he's someone who would no longer be your typical practice squad eligible, which means two years in the NFL, if you're on your third year, you were someone who is, who was special and that's your third year on the practice squad. Even Um, they might just be waiting to see if they're using those other spots to get to six for somebody else before maybe you add someone like the Kevin Raider, because that obviously is going to be like an Anthony McFarlane. That's where he is right now. Um, So that that's one possibility. So he could still be in the equation, but there's a balancing act with that as well. He's been around a long time. So I would actually think that if that's the case, that he would not be eligible. Well, I think it comes down to as well as, is what is the upside? And if they think that this guy, Rig or Rig, whatever his name is, if he has more of an upside, then they they take him. I mean, I don't I don't think it's that big of a deal personally. But all right, let's get to the biggest news. Dave, did I give you a chance to talk about this or not? I did yeah. not. Do you have any thoughts on the practice hey, no, squad? You did. Okay, good. All oh, right. you so mean overall with the practice squad? Yeah. I just okay. am happy we can still keep saying Hamilcar Rashid. That's right. Hamilcar. <laughs> um, so that that three leads to eleven. They still have five spots to fill. Uh, we'll be giving you those as they come at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. And once it's finalized, we'll probably give you a podcast 
it's kind of saying like, finally, three weeks later, we're heading into the bye week or something like that. And the Steelers finally <laughs> finalized their practice. <laughs> so um, other than that, the big news was, yeah, I'm recording Let's Ride and, and Jerome Betts is with me. And all of a sudden our phones start buzzing and Jameer Jones is back and Derek Tuska is gone. And this was this was kind of this kind of rocked the boat a little bit. Brian, what were your thoughts when you saw this news? You know, I can't remember exactly when Tuska showed up last year, but for me, I know you want to know. Yeah, we, it wasn't was, in camp, right? He was the one of their original practice squad signings. He was he's like a guy like um like Chappelle, um, that he was with somebody else, but signed with the Steelers. He was with the Broncos the year before in their in in their camp, but then the Steelers signed him to the practice squad um on the first day they were announced. Well, the reason I bring that up is because Jameer Jones it was a toss-up between Quincy Roche and Jameer Jones last year and they went with Jameer Jones and dangled Roche and at that point when they had to make another move they uh played the game they gambled with Jones I don't think they were ready to get rid of him they gambled and they lost him and the consolation prize was Tuska so when we saw all those messages coming out, people were were really surprised. And I'm thinking originally last year in 2022, if the Steelers had a choice, it seemed like it would have been Jameer Jones over Derek Tuska. So when they had a chance to do it this year, they went back and they corrected their mistake of last year. All right, Dave, what were your thoughts when Jameer Jones returned? Yeah, because that was, that was kind of the progression of stuff. They chose Jones over Roche. But then they chose Tuska over Jones whenever they they weren't going to be able to, to bring him up on the practice from the practice squad anymore. You know, they were both eligible uh, out there the same game. So now that I, I, I don't know if it's because they were that close or whatnot, I will be honest with you, Tuska, if he clears waivers, it's only his second year in the league. He can go on the practice squad. doesn't count as one of those six spots. So... We'll see how that ultimately pans out. But last year, you know, you thought Quincy Roche was going to end up with a practice squad, and that didn't happen either. But it's weird because the waiver stuff is is is, is it lingering longer this year because it was a, so many waiver claims on Wednesday. So then teams had to cut players and more players for their waiver claims. Then there were waiver claims today for those players that were cut yesterday which the Steelers got in on. Now there's going to be waiver claims tomorrow for the players that had to get cut today for the waiver claims from yesterday. So how, how many, how much longer is this going to keep going? Probably all the yeah. way up until Sunday. Seriously. Next Sunday. Yeah. Chain reaction. Yeah. So I, I want to ask you real quick before we go on to our topic for today. And that is, are you more comfortable now with the outside linebackers that they have? meaning T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, Malik Reed, who they traded for, we know this, and now Jameer Jones, not Derek Tuska. Are you more confident now, less confident, equally? What do you think, Brian? Last week, it was Hamaka that was... Stop, Hamaka. We thought it was him last week as number three, and Tuska as number four. When you throw in a guy that was second or third on the Broncos with sacks last year on the opposite side of Chubb and playing for Chubb, in Denver, you know, that's that's a much better player than Hamakar, who they decided that that uh, they were going to drop and now bring back on the practice squad. So Hammy's not even number four, and last week he was number three at this time. 
So, you know, with that and Jameer Jones is the number four. Yeah, this is a much better stable than it was just three days ago. Dave, you agree with that? I'm saying it is from three days ago. I don't know that it vastly improved today. I'm not saying that Jones is better than Tuska. I'm not saying that Tuska is better than Jones. I'm saying as your number four linebacker, I'm okay with either one of them. I'm glad that it's not both of them and they're one, one's three and one's four. Um, so that's kind of where they go. I think that adding Reed really does bring someone who's experienced it. Being the number three means you can play on either side and you can start games um, and, and you're in great shape. So I, I like that addition. Hopefully he fits well because, you know, it's, it's still a new team. Um, so I do think they are better now than what they were several days ago. All right, let's get to the crux of today's podcast, and that is we are reevaluating our goals for the Steelers heading into the regular season with the preseason done, training camps over. And I think it's important to note that these goals, whatever they are, and they could be as broad or as specific as you want, are ours only. So we're not stating a goal, and then all three of us have to reevaluate it because Brian's goals for the team in 2022 might be vastly different than Dave and mine. So keep that in mind. We're just talking about the team, really. Where have things changed, essentially, with what we think could happen this season after we've had three preseason games and a whole month and a half of training camp under the belt? So let me give you an example. The rushing offense. I had said that my goal for them was to be middle of the road. We're talking 15th, 16th in the NFL. I'd be happy with that. I'm starting to think that might be a little, a little on the aggressive side. Maybe I'm, the goal should be 20th, which should still be a vast improvement, but still not great. And that's because of the issues on the offensive line. But that's one of those things that I had that goal in my mind heading into the preseason and into training camp. And now after watching some things unfold, at least right now, I'm kind of tempering that expectation a little bit, but it could go the other way as well. Brian, what's one that you're talking thinking about? The goal goes with the rushing offense, but it's a little bit different. It's called bell cow, abandoned bell cow, especially with the scuttlebutt that we had the other day with that, with that woman that is just the black widow. I call her Liz Frank. And when, when we hear her name, you go running. And so just the fact that Najee brought her up, and I know it's hush-hush, and it's like, no, you know, he got his foot stepped on. He's like, I didn't get my foot stepped on. And then uh, I think one of you said, you know, Najee kind of might need to know when to, know when to hold him, know when to fold him, know when to walk away, and know when to run. So, you know, with that being said, you cannot run the wheels off of Najee Harris because there's some fragility to him now that we didn't think was there. I will tell you this. I know some people that when I brought that up with my friends at Trivia on Monday night, they're like, I've got a draft at 930. He's off my board. And I'm like, well, it's not official. There's just talk about it. He's like, I don't care. It's done. So that means that if there's even if he was struggling with something you don't kill him you don't ride him you change your philosophy with your running back and you have if you have to give extra reps to benny snell jr (laughs) 
No, Jalen Warren. By the way, we're, remind uh, me to talk about him in over under. Yeah. But yeah. so Jalen Warren looks like he's your number two, but you know how adamant they are. You know, if they don't like to drop the bell cow thing, they've got he's the holder of the naked pictures right now, Benny Snell Jr. And he's got the he's got the spot. And God bless him. If I was in that position and you said, Oh, Brian has naked pictures on Jeff and Dave. I'm like, yeah, sure do. And I'm glad to do it. I've, I've got my ace in the hole. I have no problem doing that. So hats off to you, Benny Snell, for being able to stick around. I think that's great. But no matter who it is, we got to see more than just 22 100% of the time. So was Dan McCullers the one that found the negatives for this? He photos? was the original. So he had the negatives, and then he distributed those to Weasel Boy Jordan Berry. Well, Danny Smith was in there. <laughs> You're including the Where case. do you think Weasel Boy got them from? They were passed That's out good point. To Okay, all right, all right. So Danny Smith gave them to Weasel Boy. Weasel Boy gave them to Benny Snell. We just had to find McCullers because he still has those negatives somewhere. You got to watch out for those. That's a special teams connection. Yeah. You know, all of them special <laughs> teams, guys. That's hey, true. boys, look what I found. <laughs> That's true. Yep. Dave, what about you? Okay, well, first of all, Br Brian and his mistress, Liz Frank, you know, thou, thou art a heartless wench. Um, they, maybe we could, you know, maybe to find out how bad this really is for Najee, we would have to, like, open up the, you know, the, the diary of Liz Frank. Um, okay, I'm sorry. That was really bad. But, uh, <laughs> that was really in poor taste, but I, I'm like. <laughs> yeah, that, that was really bad. I'm sorry. Um what what are we talking about? I'm so caught up on Liz Frank now. <laughs> now basically, we're reevaluating oh, expectations, expectations for the goal, for the team. My my expectation that I'm reevaluating is I expected an improvement on the offensive line from last year to this year. Now my expectation is to even just have it be what it was last year. Yeesh. You know. That's not good, but I, I'm also uh, someone who, whenever you kind of lower the expectations, then when they, they overachieve, that's great. I had low expectations with, uh, with Kenny Pickett for each preseason game. He came in that first. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting him to struggle in the first one Then he tore it up. Then the next one, I'm like, Oh, he's going a, a little bit earlier against maybe some of the ones a little bit. I don't, I expect him to take a step back. No, that didn't happen either. So I'm pleasantly surprised for those things. So right now, my expectations, I'm not, I'm not going to be, I'm not Steelers Twitter. I'm not going to be that you can't, you know, oh, the Steelers claim Jameer Jones off of waivers and everyone's say, oh, can he play offensive line? You know, everyone does the same joke, Steelers Twitter. You don't, you know, it, it just really, really, really gets old. It really does. But yes, the offensive line is the weakness in my opinion. So I would like to see some improvement there. My expectation is just try to uphold a standard of last year. And that's particularly for the guys that played last year. And then the new guys that are in, I just want to see them to be as good as what the guys were there last year that they're in for. And then everything above that, I'll be pleasantly surprised. So we all said something that, you know, is probably going to go the wrong way. You know, Brian's bringing up no bell cow. Dave's talking about the offensive line. Can they just be as good as last year? I'm going to give you one that actually improved. And that was, I did not necessarily think George Pickens would come into camp and completely turn everyone up on uh, upside down and just 
look dominant and then go do it on an actual NFL stage in the first opportunity when he catches that beautiful pass against Seattle from Mason Rudolph in the back corner of the end zone. George Pickens, and then to kind of compound that, you look at other weapons that have kind of developed. Gunnar Olszewski, I never once thought he would be a viable weapon and option in the passing game. Yeah, they would have him running routes, and everyone's like, this guy's just a returner. Like, he's he's doing this just for reps. He might actually be an offensive weapon for the Steelers this year. And so for me, I've, I guess if you want to put George Pickens at the front, but all of the weapons in terms of the skill positions this year, I, I, I've been absolutely pleasantly surprised with all of them. And you talk about Deontay Johnson's happy with his contract now. Chase Claypool's not going to have a heap load of pressure on him, I don't think, to have to perform in a certain way. Firemuth is, he, I think he can still be tremendous if the quarterback throws him the football. So that, that's one going in the in the right direction. We'll put it that way. So what about you, Brian? You don't have to go in either. You don't have to follow my lead. You can, can go in any direction you can, want. Go can ahead, I say Dave. something about what sure. you said about Gunnar O? Yeah. Do you think it's possible that what they were wanting to do with Calvin Austin the third, perhaps that they could maybe try to hold those kind of things in the offense, asking Gunner O to maybe do them before CA three is ready to go and step in? Is that kind of what you see? Are are you looking at both of them as being skedaddlers? Well, Calvin Austin is a different type of skedaddler. I mean, he's a a super skedaddler. He's a super skedaddler. Yeah. The Gunner O, if he's a skedaddler, Calvin Austin, the third is a super skedaddler. Uh, but okay, Super Brian, yeah, seriously, Brian, what do you think? Let's talk about chef baby is all I've got to say. Olszewski. Mm-hmm. I love this mm-hmm. guy. He is, I call him Joe dirt. He seems like that guy that, you know, if he's not playing football, he's just going to open his own gas station and, uh, he's just gonna, you know, put in a chew and, uh, shoot the breeze with you. And I, he might not be any of those things, but in my mind, yeah, he is. <laughs> I, I, I think it would be great because I would hang out with, with chef. And I love what he does. And, you know, is it fair to go ahead and take this guy and say, oh, he came from the Patriots. He must be a Welker. He must be an Edelman. Kind of reminds me of guys like that. And when if you can get comfortable with a guy like that, you can have some things going on. You know, I, you know, I bring this guy up and everybody's going to boo me when I bring up Ryan Switzer, but they were trying to do something with Ryan Switzer, establish that type of player with Switzer. He wasn't able to do it, but with a guy like chef, I really think he, he would have been great. Could you imagine? And we will never know the answer to this, but could you imagine what Ben Roethlisberger would have done with Olszewski once he got comfortable with him? I think it would be actually epic. It would be Ryan Switzer with actual run after the catchability. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but what's crazy about that is you said, who who did you mention from New England? You mentioned Wes Walker and Edelman. Edelman. And Edelman. But yet when Gunner was there, they never used him in the offense. No. So that's the thing that's different about it, which is kind of head scratching. But, but Tom Brady, how long was Tom Brady with him? That's maybe, I don't think. I think the year he was all, I think that, I think the year Gunner was all pro as a returner, I think was the first year Brady was gone. I think you're right. Cause Brady's been in Tampa Bay. This is his third year, right? Yeah. Cause I'm pretty sure. Cause I I think it was 2020 was Gunner's all pro year. And and Brady was gone. And you've got to remember with both of those guys, they didn't come in and, and uh, shine right away. 
Yeah. They they became stars on the on special teams and mm-hmm. then they work their way in and next thing you know, they're the man. So yeah. th- that's all I'm saying. All right. That's a good point. Dave, go ahead. About what? <laughs> Brian any just other, kind of talked any, about any yours. Other... Are you talking about other expectations? I'm asking if you have other expectations. Re-evaluations? Well, we haven't done anything on the defense. Well, so, the concern is the offense. <laughs> yeah, no, but a lot of people have. I mean, by my expectation coming in with the Steelers' run defense wasn't for them to go back to the top 10 like they started last year. If they did, that would be great. My thing is just get to middle of the road. Just get to middle of the road in, in the run defense, and you'll be fine. So right now, my, I'm reevaluating that, and I'm keeping that what it was. So I'm not changing that one. Um, the biggest thing is the I think is the consistency um, with that because I thought they did better at times and not better, you know, and not so good at times throughout the preseason with the run defense. But as the Steelers proved last year in today's NFL crazy passing game, you can actually be all right giving up some rushing yards because. In my opinion, teams, NFL teams are not going to sit back and run the ball every single play for a drive in the third or in the second or third quarter until you until you stop them. And really, if you're that now, will they go out and throw the ball every play on a drive in the second or third quarter? Yes, they will. So to me, that's why I think the emphasis on the pass defense is, is, is why it's wise to be there in this in, in today's NFL. But they need to at least have an adequate run defense to set up their pass defense even better. I guess the purpose of this exercise is to let fans know that it's okay for expectations to change. It's mm-hmm. okay as the season progresses and even goes throughout you know, weeks, the first half of the season. And you look at things and say, ah, that's just not panning out. Expectations have to change. We have to reevaluate. That's what we're doing right now. And we could probably do two hours on the topic. We're just not going to do that. Uh, Brian, before we move on, you said bring up Jalen Warren at over-under. I did not have over-under. There's no game this week. So what, what did you want to <laughs> say about Jalen Warren and the over-under? I was thinking oh. the same thing when he said it. <laughs> I, I, I think you guys... If you listen to my show tomorrow, I, I've screwed this up already. I've done it a few times with you guys over under this season that I call Jalen Warren, Jalen Samuels. Oh, what, what is your line? Oh, probably 400. And I'm taking the over on myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's okay on the Breaking News podcast that Bad and I did together. I called Anthony McFarland Jalen Samuels. Because <laughs> <laughs> he went to the practice squad. That's that's why. Yeah. It's yeah, just okay. I've that name's been been around since 2018, yeah. and it's a running back, and it just seems right to call him Jalen Samuels. Yeah. Let's set the line at seven and a half. Well, no. That's oh, gosh, it's gonna be more than that's the wind line. <laughs> Dave, what do you think about this line for Brian? I mean, this would be you mean so he has to do it specifically on he a podcast. Said, he said over under how many times he calls Jalen Warren Jalen Samuels. Now in a podcast. podcast. I mean, because I bet you anything in his living room watching the game, I would put it at no less than 10 per game. <laughs> we, we there's no way we could actually evaluate that. We would we if we have to do it strictly with the podcasts. Uh, let's see. Do, do, I'm trying to know. go ahead. You talk. I'm doing the math. You know I'm telling times. myself. You no, know, yeah, no, 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 how many times? How many podcasts you're on? 
per week, how many weeks in the season, and how many times, you know, how many well, times I think you'll do it per podcast to come up with a realistic number. I think for a week, but I I think by I think by week six, it's going to be slim pickets. I think it's going to be very front loaded, and I'm thinking and 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 Jalen Warren actually has to play for you to call him the wrong name. That's um, the thing. So you know they have to actually give him carries. So I'm going to set the over under for Brian. No joke. I'm setting it at for all of his podcasts for the for the season. I'm setting it at sixty. Oh, I think that's. I think it's under. I think it's you way think it's under. under. Yeah. And it's not, it's more because I don't think Jalen Warren's going to get the opportunities you think to have mm-hmm. him talk about him. <laughs> Twitter, it's not the opportunities, guys. It's like, hey, you got to give Jalen Samuels, oh, I'm sorry, Jalen Warren some carries. <laughs> I'll take the under. Dave's taking the over. I didn't say uh, over. I'm taking the push. I'm taking the push. <laughs> All right. Hey, do y'all do you both have trivia tonight? Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Um, um Mr. Woodside says he's already at eleven. <laughs> it's starting now. I do. Regular season. Yeah. Harry. yeah. <laughs> I've got a quickie. Okay. All right, Brian, go ahead. Tonight is the backyard brawl. I've been to quite a bit of those in my life as a fan. And it makes me think about the Steelers and Pitt Panthers and West Virginia Mountaineers. We know that. The Steelers just selected a Pitt Panther because they just did it with their number one pick in 2022. When we look at things, we usually make the cutoff 1969. So since 1969, what do you think is the ratio between draft picks between the Panthers and the Mountaineers? Whoa. Since 1969. Yes. The ratio? That's what you said? Yes. Three to one. Which David? way? Well, Pitt to West Virginia. I'm I'm trying to think of... A, of it's not like there's a lot of Pitt players, but there's not a lot of West Virginia players either. The West Virginia number, I think, is really low, unless it was back yeah. in the day they recruited no, their... I, I don't think so, because, you know, I think of guys like, you know, Ryan Mundy... You know, low guys like that. Amos um, is airway. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going one to one. I'm going to say it's close. Jefferson Hartman. 12 yes. Pitt Panthers. Dave Schofield. Four West Virginia Mountaineers. So it, it is three to one. Three to one. The fact that we could name two, <laughs> I think there's be at least another eight that we couldn't name so this is just, no, there were three we west virginia drafted players four. four 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 and 12 pit panthers so well. you said monday right i'm trying monday, to name the west virginia right monday zero away zero away did mike logan he didn't go to west virginia did he he did but he wasn't drafted by the Steelers. okay he was a second round pick of the jaguars if, maybe a first round pick well but then you get a lot of those i forget how many times they pick pit guys late in like a while ago like what's here's one never played sal sincere sincere there was a lot of sinceries <laughs> going through the yeah. steelers yeah uh, actually so, the panthers yeah. over the years yeah so that's the thing that's probably a good 80s and 90s question hey there, there's a few quarterbacks in there besides yeah 
besides Kenny P. Who are the other pit quarterbacks? Oh, I already did all those. Yeah, he it was does, a long time he, ago. He did that one. Well, I did Rick West Tricano. Guys. Yeah. Who the other Mark West Rowell. Virginia? Mark Rowell, the tight end. And uh, gosh, there was a number one pick in 1966, but that, that didn't count. count. That does not count. Um, and I cannot remember the other guy. It was in either 69 or 70 when it happened. Oh, okay. Uh, so here, it's could, not a name. I, I might I be able to pull that up here. 1670. I'm looking. Hmm. Well, I was looking at that today. Now, some other Pitt Panthers while you're looking, Tom Ricketts was a number one. And that was the second number one in the Tim Worley draft of 1989. He came, Ricketts came from the Mike Merriweather trade. I got it. We got it. round nine, 1970. Pick 209 out of West Virginia, linebacker Carl Cronell. Yeah, I've... Uh, he played I, three games. <laughs> See, that's the thing when you get back. When you went get back to where they were drafted all those rounds, and there were so many guys that they that were drafted that never played in the league because, I mean, my goodness, that's why... That's, people do not understand... Maybe they do. Maybe some of the older people do like that. No, sorry. I mean, older than bad. How crazy it is that Donnie Shell was undrafted and made the Hall of Fame because of how many people they drafted on each team back then. It's crazy. Now, here's something interesting, though. And this person was not counted, but the Steelers had, I just told you about Tom Ricketts going mm -hmm. number one in 1989. The Steelers also got Jerry O in the 10th round of 1989. But there was another player from Pitt that I cannot count here because it was Pitt Johnstown. And he was not oh, that, that's Hasselrig. Carlton right? Hasselrig, my alma mater. Mm -hmm. And so he was a, uh, a mountain lion. However, they didn't have a football team. Yeah. I almost made the football team there. Yeah. All you right. were one spot away, man. <laughs> one spot away. All right, Dave. You ready for your trivia? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, in the last 60 hours, who's written eight articles for Behind the Steel Curtain? I'm assuming Dave Schofield. No, that's Jeff Hartman. Oh. <laughs> no. I don't know. I don't keep going. I was 13. <laughs> Oh, good for you. No, I was going to say, I almost didn't do trivia because I've just been so busy with everything and the news. And even when I needed to mow my grass like three days ago, and I finally like, okay, it's calmed down. They announced their stuff. What happens when I'm out on the tractor mowing grass? Ding. Jameer Jones. Yeah. <laughs> just one of those. It's just been crazy. But here's my question. This might seem a little bit strange. This is I'm, I'm making these easy for Jeff. This is a, about last year. Last year, Dwayne Haskins was inactive for the Steelers 17 out of the 18 games. This is including playoffs. Yeah. What player on the 53-man roster was on the inactive list the most behind Haskins? Well, I can't say an offensive lineman. Uh, 
Just trying to remember back last year who was in the Isaiah Loudermilk. Who was a who who was yeah, inactive? He ended up, he ended up playing. Loudermilk no, no, was right. inactive twice. Buddy Johnson. Ding 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 ding. Good answer. With eleven times being inactive was Buddy Johnson. Okay. Then there was a, who. Then there was two players tied after eleven. At hold on, I got to count on two. Five, six, seven, eight, at nine. Two of them tied at nine that were inactive nine times. Nine times. Nine, nine times. Do you know who the two players were that went that were the next two that were inactive nine times last year? You want a hint? Yeah, James yeah. Pierre. No. Oh, James played. Pierre was never inactive. Was, I thought could, he was. I thought no, he was. he was because he was the gunner. He was active every game. Marcus Allen. Martin, nope. No, Marcus was Allen was never inactive. He was the up man on the punt team. They had to have him. Your hint is both of these players are still with the Steelers on the practice squad. John LeGlue? Nope. Yeah. Oh, Anthony McFarland Jr. Anthony McFarland Jr. was inactive 11 times. No, nine times. Not 11. Sorry. Nine. nine Johnson was 11. This is the nine. Oh, wait. Sorry. He was eight times. There was only one that was. There's only one. I messed this up. There's only one that was nine. Cody White? Nope. There was two that were eight and one that was nine. I messed this up. McFarland is one of the ones that was eight. I don't even know who's on the practice squad. The one that was that was nine, they kept him over his twin brother. Khalil? Carlos. <laughs> Carlos. 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 It's either Khalil or Carlos. On the, is the one on the on the, They're on your the sons. Squad. How do you not know yeah. them? So, yeah, Carlos Davis, he was inactive nine times, even when Isaiah Bugs was being inactive as well. There was two games in there where both were inactive. But remember, Carlos Davis was he was he dealing with a with a knee? And the, and the ones in the middle of the season, I think he actually went on IR for a little bit. Finally, didn't he? Because remember, they kept putting him on IR for week, like for like five straight weeks, and then they finally put him or no, sorry, they kept having him inactive. Then they finally put him on IR, and then they brought him back, and he was inactive for more often than he wasn't. So, and one last thing, you know who the other one with eight was? This person is on the Steelers' active roster. Can I, I haven't up? looked at the at the live chat. So. I don't know. Can I pull out Mike Tomlin here? We What's don't that? care. No. No, someone, <laughs> someone got it earlier. Right there. Nathan. Ah, to, to wow. Scurry. See, that's, that's tough. I mean, yeah. it was a hello. At the end, you, yeah. you just thought he was there. Yeah, but nope. He was inactive for eight weeks in there. Eight some of, of that was he had, some of that was that his he had a kid and that was why no. he was missing practice okay. and stuff but, but that's mm-hmm. he was missing practice because of that and they, they remember they had him miss practice for undisclosed reasons and i'm on my podcast bashing him in the trade and saying it's the worst <laughs> trade ever come to find out the guy had welcomed a child into the world and yeah that's why okay well 
just a quick thing down memory lane with, with Witherspoon. He was inactive week one, active week two, because Joe Hayden was yes. out. That was when that and touchdown Henry happened. Ruggs, yes, then know. was inactive all the way up on th- through the Detroit game. He was still in- inactive all those games. He was only active for one game until then. Joe Hayden goes down against Detroit. Witherspoon then comes in, gets, gets a helmet. Even when Hayden comes back, Witherspoon continued to get the helmet. That's what changed everything. So, yeah, sorry. All right. All right. Let's I'm see done. some final thoughts here, Brian. Go ahead. The Davises had a tough week because Khalil <laughs> and Carlos were left off the 53 man roster. You know, we have Carlos back, but Jennifer and I would like to welcome a new baby boy into <laughs> the Davis family. <laughs> <laughs> boy, he's a big one. <laughs> Six two, three hundred and twenty pounds, or whatever he is. <laughs> no, he's. No, he's I, he, I think he's six six, either three thirty or three forty. It's something. It's he's big. a big boy. He's a big yeah, boy. There's going to be some recovery time there. Um, so uh, let's just say, uh, no, forget it. I'm not going there. All I'm going to say is <laughs> Jesse Davis is back, and my chance to replace my Sean Davis jersey, it's a possibility again. So there you go. But also. Because of this, I've got to talk about one guy. Rough week for John LeGlue. My gosh, he loses his number. He loses his spot on the 53-man roster. And they go, okay, we're bringing you back. But, uh, you know, don't go to any nice restaurants or uh, actually one diapers because we're going to give you a practice squad salary now. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty rough. funny to hear that from him. That is rough. Dave, final thoughts. Final thoughts, guys. I got a question. Today is a very important day for me. Do you, do you guys know? Do you guys have any idea why? I'm sure it has something to do with the 15th article you wrote, the anniversary of your second to last podcast. I don't know. You remember these weird dates? What is it? Ah, uh, yeah. This is is this the kick heard around the world? Nope. No, that's that's coming <laughs> nope. up next next week. Nope. <laughs> nope. This is my this is my four year anniversary with Behind the Steel Curtain. See, I you know. Congratulations. Four four years. <laughs> um, it's been a great ride uh with you guys. I mean, I didn't even come in. I, I guessed I did a guest spot on a podcast that November. So I that it was a while till I got it with the podcast, but I was there. Um love this opportunity to do this with you guys. Um I mean, my goodness, I get to have a show with my brother. I get to have another show that I just talk numbers. I get to do two shows a week with with uh, two of the greatest guys in the world. I just really appreciate it. it is, I'm so happy to be a part of this. I'm excited about this season coming up. If it wasn't for the Pittsburgh Steelers, it just wouldn't be the same, but also it wouldn't be the same without you guys and you all with the live chat, you all the listeners, you all the readers. Thank you all so much for this opportunity. There you go. It's amazing what church league adult softball will do for you. But anyways, <laughs> the same as kindergartners. Yeah. <laughs> I, my dad told me when I was a very young child, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Keep that in mind, folks. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's get this thing over with. We're not previewing a game. Next week, we'll be back with another Steelers preview, getting ready for the week one contest against the Bengals. Dave, you know what to do. Why don't you send us out? Hey.